Welcome to Mystery House Hours and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And Riverdale is <laughs> back. It's back and differenter than ever. I... <laughs> and it's still kind of the same. <laughs> it's still kind of the same. I There's something that happens with Riverdale that we miss whenever we do any other show, even when we watch it together, is that when <laughs> when the episode of Riverdale ends... And, you know, we have to move from where we're watching it to the recording space. Essentially, I just turn off, turn it off, and then in silence, we just, like, like sometimes we have to go to the washroom first, but, like, we just head down here and yeah. sit down, and then... There's <laughs> there's no chatter. <laughs> there's no talking. We're just silently... Like, taking in what yeah. we just saw. Or, or just being like, well, we can't say anything at all, because if we say anything at all... We're just going to never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, I discovered something over our Christmas break. Yeah. I started following Roberto. Yeah. You know, our good friend of Roberto. Yep. On Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Agu- Aguer Sequera is, yeah, what, that's is right. how I'm pretty sure he pronounced his last Ooh, name. Ooh, good work. Yeah. Uh, he, before each like block of episodes comes yep. out, posts all of the cover pages for the scripts... And the cover page for each script has like a little Archie comic on it. Oh, that's usually from a real yeah, like from a real comic. No, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's very pretty. <laughs> and they have the same for Sabrina. Yeah, like uh, the thing with Roberto is he takes such joy in the art he creates. Yeah, and it's hard to you know it's, take that away from. Yeah, someone. it's hard to begrudge that. It's like, hey, you made a thing and you like it, you're, and you're definitely having fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of what matters. But we did watch the thing. Yep. And if I had to summarize uh, this episode of Riverdale, it was an hour long. Definitely. It was definitely an hour long. Well, 42 minutes. Well, we watched because we watched it on Netflix. With no commercials. Yeah. Yeah, it is an episode. <laughs> it's not the episode I thought I would get. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> what I, it's not what I wanted. I no. thought, <laughs> and to be fair, I didn't want it to begin with, like. <laughs> The thing that I wanted was not what I wanted. <laughs> but when you set it up, I wanted it, and then you didn't give it to me. Yeah. I, we we got to talk about it, Kevin. Yeah, so just get right into it? Yeah, no more Marin Open. Let's just go to this home. Would you, I don't know what you're saying. Marin? Marin Open. Mark Marin. At the beginning of his podcast, he always has, like, a conversational chatty bit. I mean, it's kind of like a cold open is what it is, because then, because the, 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 you know, the... I mean, I guess, though, we actually have our music at the beginning. Yeah. So. It's not a cold open. really a cold open. I mean, there's a music break. So, Kevin, you and I went to go see The Greatest Generation in performance. Yeah. They refer to Marin Opens on their podcast all the time. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, those are just words that are said. It's like exits your head. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) So let's do this. Let's let's get to our our musical break. (sighs) It's coming. (laughs) It's because it's Riverdale, season three, episode nine. No exit. No exit. But not literally. Literally, there are exits because we got to jump ahead. You said we had to talk about the second scene first, and yeah, we do. Yeah. I feel like we have, we have to say something that we learned, and not immediately, but I think it's very important for you, as our audience, to know immediately. There are, in fact, exits because we skipped forward five weeks in time. And the quarantine's just done. 
Yeah, we didn't get to experience it's it. It's just over. It's just over. And uh, and thankfully, everybody in Riverdale seems just as confused <laughs> by what just happened. And just like us, they're continually like, but why was there a quarantine? And it doesn't really feel like time has passed. Because everyone's in the exact same emotional state <laughs> as they were when we left off four weeks ago. Yeah, I think the people who, who is most clear time has passed, I think would maybe be Betty's storyline, but even that feels... Well, all those children are still wearing their clothes from the sisters. Oh, they have. All right, well, let's begin where it begins. Where Archie is living in a really well-furnished cabin in the hinterlands of Canada. Yeah, and we, we sort of learn that he's sort of doing some sort of, like, ranger thing. Which explains why it's oddly furnished. Yeah, but we do a jughead... Uh, Jughead mentioning that, like, oh, it comes to part in every hero's journey where there's a self-imposed exile. Like how Luke went to Dagobah. And I'm like, Luke went to Dagobah to train in the Force. Archie... Archie's also believe- training in the Force. <laughs> Archie believes he's he's to blame for every wrong thing in the universe, so he went to Canada. And he's being in Canada alone. Because, guys, did you know this? To live in Canada is punishment. <laughs> I don't know what Kevin and I did wrong, but... <laughs> no, but apparently it's a punishment. To live in Canada is to be punished. <laughs> but yeah, so he's in the he's in the hinterlands, um, which I'm pretty sure is just a word just to mean, like, the wilderness. Yeah, I looked it up. Yeah. And I got to who's who in the hinterlands, where it was like, there's polar bears, there's Canada geese. How beautiful. Yeah, so he he clearly went right past Toronto. <laughs> he was like, screw you guys, I'm going to Sudbury. Well, he's not even Sudbury. He's like somewhere up near Thunder Bay. I, well, but Thunder Bay is like over. I think he, do you think he's in Algonquin National Park? I, I, I don't know. It, so it's... <laughs> Again, there's a lot of civilization between where Archie was left and where he is. He went right by Niagara, Toronto, even Barrie, Sudbury. There's a lot of that area that Archie was like, no, I can't stay here. (laughs) I can't be by people. What if? It does seem like he just assumes every single human being is under Hiram's payroll, which is fair because as far as we could tell, they are. So I think, unfortunately, the writers of the show are only familiar with Vancouver because he 100% (laughs) is living in the Canadian Rockies, which are not near where he was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He is somewhere geographically. It's fine. But then let's return back to Riverdale where where crime has skyrocketed because of the, uh, the quarantine. But really what happened is Tony and Cheryl decided to go on a crime spree as sexy cat burglars for kicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, and they're and they're just stealing because Cheryl wants to, to steal. steal. They're not giving the money to the serpents. She doesn't necessarily even need the money, really. Because it is very clear here. She lives in Thistle House with her grandmother. Yeah. She has a gorgeous, well-appointed house to live in with Tony. But but they're uh they're off uh Robin and and kissing and doing stuff. And then then after that, we learn the quarantine has dropped. But they're still robbing, which means the quarantine is done, and now they're just thieves. Yep, they just like it. <laughs> they're just thieves. So it is established in the scene that it is five weeks later, and that no one 
is allowed to touch each other. And it's the job of the R-R-O-T-C. R-R-O-T-C. I can't say it. R-R-O-T-C to enforce the school rule of no touching. It is bizarre to me, the fact that, like, all right, they're like, all right, so here's what, the quarantine was up for five weeks, and we're going to take it down now, because that's crazy. But teenagers, you still can't touch. Well, I'm not, it's not clear if teenagers are just no one can touch, and that's, that's their cure for the seizure sickness being. And because there's no sheriff, teenagers are in charge of enforcing this. <laughs> it's... It doesn't make any sense. Jughead and Betty are allowed to sleep in the same bed. It's just apparently publicly, you can't touch each other, because what if... Ooh, ooh seizures! And yeah. I guess all of the vixens are back. <laughs> yeah, from their mysterious... <laughs> kidnapping. Vac- kidnapping. Either that or Cheryl doesn't care. Well, she's got her Tony, so... And her Tony and her thieving, she, she now no longer... Because we don't see the vixens. That's true. We just know that Cheryl doesn't care about them anymore. That's true. That doesn't mean they're back. Cheryl's getting some real Veronica in her this episode. Cheryl is nuts. Yeah. And I mean, we know Cheryl's nuts, but she's real nuts this episode. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it. Uh, But speaking of Veronica, we head over to La Bonne Nuit. Where Josie sings cabaret, like literally, come to the cabaret. Yeah. And everyone's kissing. Yeah. The Bonne Nuit is kicking. And... uh, Reggie is so happy. The kegs are tapped. The beer is popping because they're selling real alcohol now, but also the mocktails are selling out. Yeah. So I, I guess they're IDing people. I think. I, I don't know. At one point, you see Pop Tate working the bar in the background, which means he's apparently fine with whatever's going on down there. Well, now he's in charge of it, so an adult is in charge of a bar. Maybe. Maybe. In name only? So he's in charge of the bar, and she's in charge of Pops, because she's still the owner of that <laughs> yep. restaurant where she also works as a waitress, which is fine. that's how But it's weird do. for Veronica to do that. Yep. That's how a normal owner does. Not Veronica. <laughs> Not Veronica. Anyway, it's poppin'. Reggie and Veronica are so happy. Yeah, and then we're going to check in with Jughead and Betty. Where they're sleeping at Betty's house, but uh, Hannah, who's the short, dark-haired girl who yeah. we've seen many times... Because had a night terror. Yeah, so Betty goes down, <laughs> and she soothes her, and all of the kids who are just sleeping in Betty's living room, like, in sleeping bags, Yeah, we, like, thought, we thought she was going to bring him to the farm, which was a weird choice she was going to make. She didn't make that choice. She brought him to her house. And they're all sleeping on the floor, and they're like, can we please play, Betty? It makes us feel better. And Betty's like, ugh, fine, I'll do one Griffins and Gargoyles with you. And she picks up the box. And then there's a package of fizzle rocks. Not well hidden at all. Which I have to call to remind myself that not only is this gang making drugs, they're printing packages. I know, this is real commitment. Like, it looks like candy. It looks like fizzle. It looks like, um... Pop rocks. Yeah, pop rocks. So it's revealed very, very quickly that these fizzle rocks belong to a kid named Tyler... And a serpent gave him to him. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Jughead is upset about this, and he also ge- he also asked the question that I was asking, which is, why did Hiram do that? <laughs> why is this happening? Hiram, why did you do what you did? Because <laughs> apparently, 
Nothing the happened. Came of it. Like the town's a little bit worse, I guess, but not noticeably. Yeah. Other than the fact that now Cheryl and Tony are robbing people, we don't see anybody else doing any crime. There's it's... literally no further repercussions. No. Well, I guess the gargoyle gang is around. Yeah, but they were actually around beforehand, That's and they're true. also only messing with Veronica. That's true. Because <laughs> Hiram's entire crime endeavor is about his daughter. Yeah, and so the. And so it's like the crime at large is just Cheryl and Tony are robbing people. So Jughead does make this offhanded statement that he was gone for too long. And later... Um, they say a month. They say a month. But was he on his journey with Archie for a month? Or was he stuck outside the quarantine being like, let me... He must have been stuck outside the quarantine. Yeah, because I, do, I don't feel like him and Archie were actually gone all that long. I thought they long. were gone for like a week. Yeah, it didn't... They, the time did not... Was not spaced pretty well. Yeah. So it felt like he was stuck on the outside of a quarantine and they're angry at him for it. <laughs> Which, that's not... I mean, I guess he didn't have to leave with Archie. But then he would have just... This is what happens when you don't structure your time very well. I get super confused. Also, it's not his fault, Cheryl. We'll get there. <laughs> so uh, we also learn in this scene that Betty and attorney McCoy are trying to get the nuns to flip. Ooh. Ooh, that's going to be a and thing. And they also call her a lawyer McCoy. Well, they call her Attorney McCoy, Attorney but McCoy. I really love that they also call her Lawyer McCoy. Because she's not Mayor McCoy anymore. Yeah. And they couldn't call her Mrs. McCoy or no. by her name. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Attorney McCoy. Attorney McCoy. At law. Attorney McCoy at law. <laughs> I hope she has a sign on her house that says that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then we just go back where we're reminded that Archie exists. Yeah. And that he's a park ranger. He's a park ranger. We get a sign that we, or we get this, like, foreboding moment where the person he is speaking to on the radio is like, just so you know, there's bear sightings out there, which instantly made me turn to Aaron and go, Aaron, Archie's gonna get mauled by a bear. Yeah, that's some real foreshadowing. <laughs> which seemed like a ridiculous thing that I said to someone while watching this show about teens. Well, we'll get there. So, um, Reggie, I guess, does old-timey booze runs in an old-timey truck. It looks like a moonshine truck. That he takes to Canada. Yeah, I guess they have to do beer runs across the border. I mean, that makes sense. It's 18 in Canada. No, it would be 19 because it's Ontario. That's true. It is 19. And Reggie's not 19. No, I don't think he's 18 either, no, honestly. No, he's 16. But I think that he could more pull off. Maybe the, their idea is like, oh, I could pull off 19 better than I could 21. Well, and they're thinking he brings a fake American ID to Canada. And yeah. they're kind of like, oh, well, we don't know American IDs very well. Then I guess he drives across the border in a truck filled, in an old-timey truck filled with beer. And the border agents, when they ask him, do you have any booze? And he says, no, don't get suspicious. No, seems legit. <sighs> anyway, that, is, that doesn't matter. He's, uh, he's running down the, the road until he hits some spike traps. And he gets jacked by some gargoyles. Ooh. They beat him up real good. Yeah, because Hiram apparently wants protection money from Veronica. Now, not when the quarantine started. Yeah, now that the quarantine is done. He wants that protection money. He's like, I better shake down my daughter. Not when she was locked into town with nowhere to go. Yeah. Now that she could potentially just leave. So, I have another question that you can't answer. Yeah. How did her business survive during the five-week quarantine? I, well, because I assume Hiram didn't bother with it. He was do. I, how did she get her alcohol when the quarantine was on and no one could leave town? It was all mocktails. 
and Josie singing. Did they run out of stuff? Aaron, Aaron, let's be clear. I don't know why they decide to put this town into quarantine, and neither do they. <laughs> They're just going to figure it out later. Yeah. And I, I, I'm hoping that the idea is that it would reveal that the reason he did that was that he had to do something during that time. So he needed the blackout. But it doesn't feel that way in this episode he doesn't appear to have done anything other than get a new coat yeah and this episode will be the most important episode to show that because it's the one right afterwards yeah just just saying that so back to archie in his own storyline as always he sees some (laughs) hikers and he's scared of them just four just four canadians and he's like like, oh (laughs) so he decides to go off the path where he finds bear tracks. The biggest bear tracks. Anyway, long story short, Archie gets revenanted by a bear. Kevin, I did a research. Yeah? There are no grizzly bears in Ontario. There's only black bears. So either Archie doesn't know the difference between a grizzly and a black bear. Aaron, I'll give you 100% that Archie does not know the difference between a grizzly and a black bear. He went back there and he was like, I got mauled by a grizzly. And who's going to be like, well, actually, what it probably was, Archie, was a black bear. Oh, you're bleeding. He is bleeding real good. He has the sexiest bear Yeah, it, it scratches him across the chest and across his arm. And I'm like, you were stabbed, like, not long ago. <laughs> you but. were fine. But he calls for help and they say they're coming. But then the radio cuts out. So he does some first aid on himself. Yeah, it cuts out for no reason. At all. <laughs> for plot reasons. So he's not 100% sure they're coming. <laughs> of course they're coming. Yeah, he does some, like, emergency triage and then just... Lays down. Lies down. To wait. And Vegas is not happy. I'm impressed that Vegas is alive. I Vegas was smart. Vegas ran away from the bear. <laughs> as soon as the bear happened, he just abandoned Archie. He's like, nope. And then he was sitting at the range. He's like, oh, God, you got back. Good. <laughs> he stood, like, three feet away from Archie and barked. Burp, <laughs> burp. I mean, smart. That dog would got torn apart. Yeah. Archie just had one thing, and then I guess he broke the bear's neck with his robot strength. As you do. <laughs> oh, that bear got me. Fortunately, I rended him. <laughs> That's why we didn't get to see the attack. It would yeah. have been too brutal. Oh, yeah, for the bear. Yeah. <laughs> when, the, when the rangers come later, they're like, ah, oh, this was been the boy who tore that bear asunder. <laughs> He's a little bit wounded. Oh, no. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> so, um, back at Betty's house, yeah. Alice desperately wants to take the kids to the farm. And I'm so confused why Alice isn't at the farm. That yeah. was her entire reason why Betty went to... Yeah, because Alice... Well, I was just like, I have to leave. I can't be here anymore. Well, the farm is outside of town, so during the quarantine, I guess she couldn't go to the farm. Where was Betty during the quarantine? In her house with the children. I thought, no, I thought they were outside the quarantine. Well, we thought Sisters of Quiet Mercy was outside of town, but I think we made that up. So, I mean, because that's where it looks like it is. Yeah, I think we were wrong. Okay, so it is inside town within the quarantine. Yes. So maybe that's why she couldn't leave to the farm. Yeah, and now she's like, oh, all these teenagers are in my house. I need to stay here. They might throw a party. Anyway, we uh, we learned some stuff. We learned that the nuns uh, aren't talking. And also that Betty's not allowed to interview them. <laughs> Because okay, they're not yeah. allowed to harass the nuns. Yeah, and then Betty's like, well, I'll just, I'll uh, talk on the stand. I'll be a witness. And then Ma- Attorney McCoy says that, well, you can't. You already admitted to being on drugs. I'm like, that sounds like proof. I think that what she's saying is Betty is not a credible witness. Yeah, like, but <laughs> I also thought that Betty found actual physical proof like isn't that the when well, she, it was vague like what? they 
she doesn't have any proof that Hiram paid them off. Well, she all assumed she has, HL, I think, maybe, yeah. may have been the thing. Yeah, all she has is that she's responding well to her medicine and HL wants to raise... I am, I'm saying that if they agree that she was on drugs at the time... But she, they don't have any proof that the sisters gave them the drugs. Uh, just so that, she's not a credible witness. Uh, just that she, like, ah, clearly that girl just found some drugs and we're on them. Well, they could have been smuggling drugs in. Like, mm. we know what's going on with Fizzle Rocks. No, nah, no, nah, you get drugs from anywhere. You can get drugs well, from anywhere. Well, no, Aaron. Remember the OC... You can only get drugs from the person who owns the house. That's right. So by that, I mean, it, too bad they're not in OC because that's OC law. That's true. That's in not OC law, law, those nuns would be in jail, would be like, they'd they, be hanging. Oh, they would have been arrested months ago. Yeah, because like, oh, these people are on drugs. Clearly you gave them to them. It's the only place they can get them from. And unless you prove something else, we're <laughs> arresting you. Unless if Trey comes up and <laughs> says that, no, I gave him the drugs. Trey's like, I don't love the nuns. <laughs> Just love Marissa. <laughs> so we get some uh, crime talk between Hiram and uh, Veronica. They kind of just do their thing. Yeah, Hiram tries to gaslight Veronica. Veronica tries to trick her dad. You yeah. know neither of these things are going to work. Her, Veronica's plan is that she cooks her books to make her place look like it's doing worse. But then Hiram's like, I saw a lot of cars outside. I know the truth. <laughs> like, of course it look. Of course you could just send someone by and be like, oh, this place is busy. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're buying. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so this... This episode is all over the place. So Jughead yeah. confronts the serpents. And the serpents try to claim that they can't survive without crime. Yeah, Jughead, <laughs> you can take a moment to be like, all right, everybody. So here's the new rule. No crime. And they're like, <laughs> but we can't. Like, serpents, when have you ever done crime? You guys are the worst at crime. You did crime one time when you kind of mildly harassed the drive-in. <laughs> and it was more of just being jerks. And there was the one guy who did crime. Yeah, and he died. Yeah. Every serpent that does crime gets, like, punished by the cosmos. Exactly. Anyway, uh, this makes Cheryl very upset. Yeah, she doesn't like that Jughead is doing his job. He's like, ah, oh, you weren't here all month. I'm like, Cheryl, you've been a serpent for the summer. Yeah. Shut up. But um, Fangs is pretty upset, and it becomes immediately obvious that Fangs is the crime serpent. <laughs> yeah. Because he's the only one who gets worked up, other than Cheryl. And Cheryl gets Cheryl. worked up because, of course, she does. Yeah. Everyone else is just like, hmm. Uh, we get a very quick scene where Josie is scared by uh, some gargoyles. Yeah, there's a gargoyle in her house, and he's basically just like, boo! Well, not her house. He's standing in the hallway because oh, yeah. they, she lives in an apartment. We've seen that earlier. You know, I just mean he's essentially just like, boo. And she's like, I can't be a singer anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy overreaction. Jo Josie has had some very bad moments handed to her. She had a, First she had the seizure and then disappeared. Then she got scared by a gargoyle and disappeared. Yep. She says to Veronica, I can't sing with you anymore unless you get your dad in line. Yep. And this is the last we'll see of Josie for this episode. Because she didn't actually quit, but we don't see her again. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the uh, the farm in yep. the form of... Polly and Evelyn. Yes, Evelyn. That's it. Evelyn never, ever, never. Yes. Yes. They come over to Betty's house and they're like, you should come to the farm. Polly essentially is like, when I left Sisters of Quiet Mercy, I went to the farm. And then she says, and I quote, you guys won't be the only ones doing chores at the farm. Everyone does chores there. 
And I'm like, why is that a selling point? <laughs> who's not doing chores in Betty's house? Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's Alice who's not doing chores. I'm sure Betty's doing chores. Yeah. Betty takes care of them. Wait, so this also makes me question, wait, so then Polly should know what G&G is. Yes, because she was in The Sisters. And should be on, I mean, she, she might not be on the heroine. I think the heroine might be a somewhat recent thing. And I'm sure they didn't give the heroine to a pregnant teenager. Ah, <laughs> uh, you don't know that, Aaron. They might have been like, let's see what happens. That place is pretty bad. Maybe that's why her babies can fly. <laughs> but she definitely should know G&G. Because apparently that's been going on for a million years. Yeah. Well, let's huh. slide past that plot hole. Anyway, Betty is not happy about this. And then Evelyn holds up the fizzle rocks and she's like, how can you even take care of these children when there's drugs here? How can you let them put these chemicals in their body? Well, and Betty's like, 100% I'm not letting them. Well, you see, the thing is that this reveals to us that Evelyn is from the OC. Oh, it's true. It's Betty's house. That so person has drugs. drugs. It's Betty's fault. Betty gave him the drugs. Because it's her house. Because it's her house. That's how it works. That's how it works. Evelyn is from California. Yeah. That's, where, that's why we haven't seen her before. That's where the farm is from. <sighs> so Betty's like, I'm trying to stop the drugs. Molly's like, well, they didn't tell you about the drugs because they're... Because <laughs> they're scared of you because you're a serpent. And I'm like, they literally told her that. They just didn't tell her the name, which at this point, Molly's like, it's a guy named Fangs Fogarty. And we're like, uh, oh. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, the one guy right. who was upset about crime. Yeah. Great. I'm pretty sure if Betty said, I can guarantee you, they were like, a serpent. Betty was like, gotta go talk to Jughead. If she had been like, do you know the name of the serpent? <laughs> the children would be like, oh, yes, it's Fangs Fogarty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. Uh, we get so, a, cut. Speaking of weird stuff. We cut to FP and Jughead interrogating Fangs, who breaks down immediately and starts crying. Yeah. And, uh, of course, yeah, everyone in this – sorry, I had to stop there because recently someone put up a that scene from uh, when Archie was in jail and that other guy in jail was like, I dropped out of school when I was 16 because my mom was sick and I had to take care of her. Uh, he wasn't 16. He was in the fourth grade. I can't yeah, remember. So he was nine. So he was nine. I didn't remember. I I just said what the. I don't remember the specifics. It was like I dropped out in this yeah. time, so I could. Why we're gonna for anyway, whatever. In Riverdale, the only people who do who you can either be a bad guy who does bad things, yeah. or you can be a good guy who does bad things because your mom is sick. Yeah. Anyway, the point that I'm getting across is that there's a very big trend in here of moms being sick and the boys having to do crime to help their moms so fangs since jughead made his declaration has not sold any drugs because this has been probably like four hours so since the declaration was made he has not broken the declaration yeah and because he has not broken the declaration since jughead made it jughead goes well i'll forgive you and fp is like and storms off into the night because he does not like that choice yeah i mean i figured that exact thing that he has not broken the declaration because our because like I said no crime yeah and he did crime before he did crime before unless if we're supposed to imply that the new fizzle rocks got was more crime I thought those were the same fizzle rocks well that's what I assumed as well because when when did that kid go off and get more drugs yeah. When did he have time? This there's this is such a tight like there, things happening. There def 
like, I think Betty threw those fizzle rocks away, and Evelyn and Polly went through the garbage and got them. Because probably Alice found out about it and told them. Yeah. Anyway, Fangs is forgiven. He is not exiled out of the serpents. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Cheryl and Tony are doing some more thieving. Yeah, they somehow break into the Pembroke through a window. <laughs> Yep. I don't know. That sure does happen. Don't know how. It feels like that building's very tall. They're using Cheryl's vampire skills. She just flew right up there and I guess held on to Tony. (laughs) Turned into a bat and Tony just held on to her going, squeak, squeak, squeak. I guess, because that's the only thing that makes sense. Anyway, they they sing in the lodges and steal one thing. And that one thing is a glamour J egg. Yeah. (sighs) Sure. I'm less annoyed by this now that I've realized it's an Archie Comics thing. I still don't think it's an Archie Comics thing. It is. They do it in the Archie Comics. And, like, the celebrities, instead of being, like, Bruce Springsteen, will be, like, Bruce Springstone. (laughs) It's a 100p in Archie Comics thing. It just seems really weird in this world. All right. Uh, But as they're going around just sort of, like, looking now, because I don't think they take anything else, Cheryl... I don't know, has the dumbest idea come through her head. She sees the um, portrait of uh, Hiram, of Hiram, and I thought she was going to steal it. I thought she was just going to yep. cut it out of its frame. But uh, we cut away. We'll find out what happens. Yep. It's dumb. <laughs> so um, Archie's busy having some uh, infection hallucinations. <laughs> yeah, which is fair. That's what bears do. Bear, especially like claws. Those are not clean yeah, claws. Yeah, this is not hygienic. He's really getting sepsis. And he's got some real blood that should be inside his body. That is not. So in this sickness hallucination, uh, wow, he hallucinates Cassidy, which I don't think he knows that kid's name. They know Cassidy's name. Does he? Yeah, they met him in the shop but before I thought, he broke well, into the I house. I thought only Veronica and um, no, they all met him. Betty met him. They all met him. Well, I think they had the entire... I think Veronica called him by name when they broke into the house. Well, no, he... Oh, maybe she did. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh... And I'm sure he would have learned his name when he was on trial for his murder, Kevin. Really? You think Archie... Uh. Or do you think they just called him that boy for the no, entire I think trial? No, Arch- I think that Archie did not realize Hiram was the one who put him in jail. <laughs> did not... <laughs> was Oh, look, that boy. Oh, those boys in the woods. And they're like, his name's Cassidy. Those boys... Well, he does hallucinate that boy. Yeah. And also the other dead boys. Yeah. And he keeps on being like, you can't be here, you're dead. And they're like, no, we're not. They spend a over, like an overly abundant amount of time doing like, oh, well, maybe we are here. Or to be like, no, you're not. But maybe we are. And he's like, no, I definitely was attacked by a bear. But, 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 hold on. Did you think about this? Maybe we are. No, I know I'm hallucinating. The blood that should be inside me is outside me. Anyway, <laughs> come play griffins and gargoyles with us. You have to play to win. Because what is Aaron? <laughs> what is Archie's relationship with griffins and gargoyles? Well, I think when he was feverishly dealing with his last infection, he heard a lot about it. <laughs> but they so never... now he just connects griffin and gargoyles to fever. But like, so all he got has to be that Fang stabbed him saying that he would ascend and then they talked about it later he's he, he has such a loose relationship with this game it's so weird that he's hallucinating it he only knows about griffins and gargoyles well he's hallucinating <laughs> um right. they do tell him that it is his fault that they are dead yeah and he has to play to win his freedom yeah you know the thing about all whenever you see hallucinations seeing the things that every character is archie 
Yes. In some way. And you know Archie thinks everything's his fault. (laughs) So Betty meets with a social worker. And the social worker is very concerned that she won't be able to get anyone to foster or adopt these children because they're mentally damaged. I feel like the state should take some All of them? sort of the like... The state needs to take them away. Interest in this, because we see later they are very damaged. Like, these are kids need very much professional mm-hmm. help, and it's... And there's just... Apparently the social worker's like, oh, well, just no one can do anything. Yeah, they might need therapy more than Archie needs therapy. yeah. But thankfully, the social wor- worker can do something. Because she knows a lot about the Sisters of Quiet Sar... Sully. <laughs> the Sorrowful Sisters of Quietness. She knows a lot about them. She's dealt with them for years. And Betty's How like... How did this not come up before? So Betty goes, they've taken a vow of silence. It has to do with their religion. And the social worker goes, their religion? <laughs> I need to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell you something, dumb dumb. They make it seem like this very, very big thing. It seems feel like it should be common knowledge. Yeah. Well, it was so long ago, though. It was in the dark times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. So uh, Hiram calls Veronica over to his house, where he's like, hey, dummy, I hear you cooked the books. Well, yeah, Well, because Veronica's upset that he frightened Josie. Yes. And he's like, well, because you clearly lied to me. I don't know why he's surprised by that. You're really bad at crime. Almost as bad as I am at crime. (laughs) But I'm better. So, I'm going to extort you. A, you still got to pay me for my protection. But B, you got to get your mom's egg back. She's really upset. She'll also not appear in this episode. And I know who took it. Because look at my face in this painting. Yeah, Cheryl's thing apparently is to leave a lipstick mark on... Something on well, it's on his face. Yeah, she she kissed his cheek. Yeah, she kissed his cheek. <laughs> and I was immediately like, "That's Cheryl. That's clearly Cheryl." There's no one else. It could be. <laughs> no one else would do that. No one's that chaotic or dumb. So uh, he wants, and Veronica's like, "Why is this my problem?" <laughs> Which is the question we're all asking. Yeah. And Hiram essentially is like, "Cause you lied to me." Yeah. No. Is it to Essentially what Hiram wanted to say was because plot reasons. Because for similar plot reasons, Veronica doesn't deal with it herself. She goes to Jughead. Yeah. So this is this is a thing that Hermione told Hiram to do. Hiram told Veronica to do. And Veronica is now telling Jughead to do. That's how those uh, lodges work. And it's Just all delegation. <laughs> And the reason she's telling Jughead to do that is so Jughead can be like, hold on a second, I have a better idea. How about my people need jobs? They think the only way they can make money is crime. But what if I get them a job? (laughs) What if I get something that is tangential to crime? Veronica, pay me less than you're paying your dad in hush money, and my serpents will be your security guards. Which is a job that the serpents do literally all the time. So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking? Well, Kevin, today was a day. I got was like halfway to work this morning, and I realized that I didn't have my keys to the studio. Yeah. And I had to turn around and go back and get them, because otherwise there was no getting into the studio. Fair. And like all of the owners are in Mexico, because they're all related, so the entire family went on vacation to Mexico, so I had to 
text like the head instructor and be like, hey, can you text the girl who's teaching and let her know I will be there really soon. I just have to get my keys. And then she didn't get back to me. And then I forgot to text her and say that I did get to work. And then everyone thought there were no mat wipes, but that's because no one looked in the closet with the vacuum where all the mat wipes are. Anyway, it was a whole thing. So uh, I'm real tired. So I decided to treat myself to a little coffee and I got a tall cinnamon shortbread latte from Starbucks. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's quite the uh, latte, though. Uh, So it's supposed to be like buttery and cinnamony. I don't know if I can taste it. It's buttery. It's like warm and delicious. I don't want my li- my liquids to be butter buttery. Oh, Kevin, you don't know. There's this whole trend to bulletproof coffee, which is coffee that literally has melted butter whisked into it. If you're doing keto, you're supposed to have it for breakfast. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like. It's like what? What, what would you say this drink is like? Ah, it's probably the same way I would describe a English muffin. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> People like it. I mean, I don't believe. Oh. I shouldn't say that. People are going to get at me. What? I don't believe in keto. I um, barely know what it is. Unless... Don't, please don't explain it No, to me. I'm not going to explain I'm just going to say, unless you have, you know, seizures, epilepsy, certain forms of diabetes will respond well to a ketogenic diet. Yep. So if you have, like, a health reason for doing it, cool. You're doing it because you want to lose weight. The only reason it works for you is because it's calorie restriction. And calorie restriction always works. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like how um, gluten-free... Yeah. Like, yeah, there's people who are celiac who literally can't do that. Yeah, so they should. Yeah. And you know what? Some people just feel gross when they eat a lot of gluten. I Yeah, cut it down. That's fine. I feel gross when I drink alcohol that has high sugar content in it. it makes me itchy. Ooh, interesting. Although I had allergy testing done this week. Not really allergic to any foods. Oh. Which is a disappointment. <laughs> Although very allergic to cats and very still? allergic to tree pollen. Ooh, still. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping that up. Not allergic to grass, though. So uh, that's why I have allergies in the spring and summer, but not in the fall. (laughs) So also a little bit allergic to dogs, but not all dogs. Yeah. Also fairly allergic to horses and also mice. Man, they really uh, took you through the paces. Oh, my entire arms, my upper and lower arms were just covered in little tiny dots. (laughs) It was fun. It cost 50 bucks. I learned a lot. And then I was like, is there anything I can do about these allergies? And the doctor was like, mm. Just avoid them. Yeah, she's like, take a Claritin. This is more like an avoidance thing than a, y- Yeah, we can do anything about it. And I was like, can I get a dog? And she was like, I would not recommend it. And I was <laughs> like, I'm going to do it anyway. No, but I mean, like, like you, you're fine with like, our, like the Shih Tzu. Yeah. And you grew up with another Shih Tzu. Yeah. So, like, there, like, there are dogs that you can get, presumably. Where I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't get, like, a collie. I did not take my doctor's advice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my latte is good. I'm not allergic to it. It doesn't have butter in it. Yeah. Would you like some? Nope. You already described it as buttery. Can't do it now. Can't take it back. That's now a muffin to me. Well, it's a cinnamon shortbread latte, so that's like a muffin flavor. Yeah, and shortbread is already full of butter. It's true. So meanwhile, back in Canada, Archie pulls his challenge card, and he finds out that he has to defeat the black hooded specter of death. Well, no, it's defeat the hooded, the like the hooded specter of death or the hooded death, something yeah. like that. 
literally he like goes into his mind palace back to the moment when the black hood would shoot his dad his do or die moment and he tackles that black hood and shoots him in the face and takes his hood and he's like hello dead boys i have defeated the black hood but it's not dead boys it's warden norton who has heard so many who's and then it became clear to me that archie is gonna go on an adventure in his mind and his mind is bizarre because what warden norton says was that the time you were supposed to go to i don't know you need to go to the place in time where it all went wrong it's just archie trolling himself when it's like play with me young boy and archie's (laughs) like i don't like this i know like i whenever i see these you know internal in the head hallucination things i always i cannot get out of my head the fact that these are all archie Yep. This is what Archie thinks that Warden Norton should talk to him like. Poor Archie. <laughs> poor, poor, sweet Archie. Well, we'll return to him, but now we gotta learn the secret of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. The deep, dark secret. That they've been hiding, apparently, very well. That their chur- their cult of nuns yeah. was excommunicated 60-60 years ago. For, for like, cruel practices. And it is insane to me that that has not come up at some point. Because this feels like, after this, McCoy brings up, um, you know, uh, human trafficking and all these things for the kids. I'm like, this feels like this is some for- form of fraud. Yeah. Like, because none of, the, none of these women who work here now are actually nuns. 60 years ago, they would have been excommunicated nuns. Yeah. None of these women are actually nuns. How old do you think Sister Woodhouse is? 60. So she was born, and then when these were were excommunicated, and somehow was entered into this thing. Yeah. I guess they're ordaining them as fake nuns. But but she knows she's not a real nun by by her reaction, and I assume then they... All know they all know, I they're guess. They're not real nuns. But I have to imagine that some sort of church authority would be like, hey, remember those people we excommunicated? They're still doing that. They're still pretending to be nuns. They're, pret- <laughs> they're pretending to be a church. Also means that the church knows all of their atrocities and literally no one is willing to bring them down. It's, and it's crazy to me that Betty, in all her research, didn't learn that they are not an actual church. But the social worker just knew like that. Like it, it's good to me that that, that that has never. It's it is exactly like the um, Penelope Blossom and yeah. <laughs> Clifford thing, where it's like, did everyone just forget? Or like, do you guys just it? all black out for all of their elementary high school years? It is insane to me that this place could operate for sixty years pretending to be a church. And I know there's going to be people on Twitter who are going to be like. Well, actually, this has a basis in reality. These things can happen. I'm sure it does. But in Riverdale, where everyone knows everything about everyone. Which is the main thing they told us. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, and also, once again, Betty. Betty was, I found everything out about this. and Well, Betty has never said she found everything out. Everything well, about this. It just seems weird to me that that no that well, also was, the social worker. Yeah, the social worker says it like it's somewhat common knowledge. And I feel like like the social worker being this is a, feels like a really bad social worker. Well, and the thing, so I'm troubled. I guess what they're banking on is the fact that the Sisters of Quiet Mercy is just shut down. But these women are never going to be punished for what they did. In fact. Lawyer McCoy offers them immunity for all of their crimes, which are actually worse than Hiram's crimes. Oh, yeah. No, 60 years of abusing, like, 
kids like and vulnerable populations. And and Attorney McCoy just like, but we'll let it all slide if, if you, you testify against Hiram. And I'm and it's amazing they didn't leap at that deal to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. Like to to say that you will not be prosecuted for that that you know that terrible abuse of conversion camp for giving drugs to kids for, for having a weird gargoyle king torture room for pretending to be a church yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it's upsetting but anyway they agree to testify yeah so uh jughead tells all the serpents about their job and they're yep. very excited yay they all until cheer until he calls out Tony and Cheryl. Like, all right, you two are out. He's like, you literally did crime after I said no more crime. <laughs> and then Cheryl stands up and she goes, what? Are you trying to be in charge of us? How dare you? You let your buddy Fangs off. Yeah, because Jughead told Fangs one thing. Jughead Which... told Fangs, don't tell anyone I'm doing this. And Fangs told Sweet Pea. And Sweet Pea told Tony... And Tony told Cheryl. And now prepare for just a barrage of very weird emotions. So, this is what happens when teenagers are in charge of important things. Because Jughead was actually right to let Fangs off. Yeah. Fangs, as we said already, has not done crime since the no crime decree came down. Cheryl knowingly did crime after the crime, no, the no crime came down. So these are different things, which is why they need to be punished differently. Yeah, Cheryl did her specifically out of spite as well. Yeah. Fangs even kind of had his whole, like... Sob story. You know, my mom... Cheryl was just like, I wanted to steal. So Fangs knows he goofed up. Yeah. Jughead asks for his jacket. Fangs cries. But gives his jacket over. Yeah, Fangs, <laughs> Fangs comes over, and then, then he's like, oh, no, it's fine. We'll do it. Then he gives him the jacket, but then he's upset again. So then he runs away, and Sweet Pea runs after him. And people are kind of mad. Jughead has done everything right in this situation. Yep. Because And then when, when Fangs did tell everyone, he said, fine, Fangs, you lose your jacket. Yeah. You, did, <laughs> you, you couldn't did the, keep the one secret. I told you don't tell anyone. You told someone. Now you lost your jacket, and so did Cheryl and Tony. Now Cheryl and Tony refused to turn over their jackets. <laughs> and Jughead's like, oh, my God. Jughead's <laughs> like, whatever. Just You're not serpent. Go back to your mansion. Yeah. Get over your poverty tourism and give me back that egg. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. He, oh man, Jughead smacks her down. It's great. Although Tony also tries to be like, "I'm a serpent by blood. You can't just take that away from me." And I'm like, if "There's one thing I know: you can take away being a serpent." Do you want him to cut off your tattoo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little. Though they have said earlier, that they've gone back and forth on whether or not he could be kicked out of the serpents. Remember, <laughs> remember how they could not get rid of Penny, <laughs> Penny, but I until mean, Gladys killed her. Now. I think that might be that Jughead is just a lot more like, look, I'm just going to, if people are doing bad, I'm just going to kick them out of the gang. Guess what, guys? I'm going to be better than my dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so at Betty's house, she's very upset because Tyler was wandering around the woods <laughs> and got saw the Gargoyle King yeah. and then got beat up by the Gargoyle King. And now all these kids are like, well, you said the Gargoyle King wasn't real. You said that the... No, no. He, they say you said right. the Gargoyle King was dead. dead. She never tried to tell him he wasn't real. And I don't know why she can't be like, it's someone pretending to be the Gargoyle well, I, King. I like how she's like, you know, I was dressed up as the Griffin Queen, right? Like, you're here in my house. 
There, you, people wear costumes. You know that I am a physical human <laughs> being. <laughs> the gargoyle king's the same. You were just beaten up by a gang. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just because these kids are very, very broken from, mm-hmm. you know... And so they say all the abuse. So they say, "How can we trust you to keep us safe here?" And Betty thinks about it and goes, mm, "It's too many kids in one house." <laughs> you gotta mm. do something about this. But first, back in Canada, Archie draws a card. And this, Meanwhile, in Canada, <laughs> this card says, "Kill the Gargoyle King." No, wait, it doesn't, Aaron. It says, "Kill the Man in Black." So I guess sick Archie isn't like, oh, <laughs> I realized something. They're the same. When has Archie heard the Gargoyle King before? When he was hallucinating last time. <laughs> you keep forgetting he lived in that bunker for like three days. People talked about things around him. I know, but it's so weird that this is the way he's processing this situation. Is through a game he has cursory knowledge with. It's thematic, Kevin. Aaron, it would be like if you process information through the game Dark Souls, a game that I have talked to you about, but you have no idea how it works. You don't know what I dream at nighttime. Okay, well, let me know if you ever dream of Dark Souls. I dream many things. <laughs> so, so Archie uh, goes off to... Kill Talk. Hiram. Yeah. He, Hiram says some stuff and Archie Ar- says some stuff. Yeah, Archie says that he thinks that he should have killed Hiram when he threatened him. And Hiram's like, you should have. You threatened me. What did you think I was going to do? Of course I had you arrested. Which and that's my- how we know this is Archie's brain. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing is that's Archie. That's Archie being like, I was real dumb. <laughs> I mean, really, this is just his processor breaking down. And what he didn't know is it's not about him. It's not about it's him. It's not about him. No. So uh, he stabs Hiram, and he comes back with his bloody knife. And he's like, I did it! Oh, but now it's not War Norton. Now it's his friends. And I'm really trying to figure out what Archie's supposed to be learning well, in this sequence of events. There is a super weird moment where Betty's like, so Archie, have you written any new songs lately? You know I love to hear you play. And he goes, I haven't played guitar for a long time. You know that, Betty. <laughs> I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> Which almost feels like a lantern being hung. It's a little sad. Yeah. So um, during this scene, only Betty and Veronica talk and Jughead doesn't talk, which I thought meant something. But I think it's just how the scene is. Just how it's written. Because later Jughead does talk. Yeah. But anyway, they tell him that he has to finish playing because it's the only way he'll find his way back to whatever Riverdale is called in the game. Elvermere or something? Elvermere. Elvermere. You know, Riverdale. You know, your way back to innocence. Yeah, I'm not. I I am very confused by what. Ar- I mean, Archie's essentially at this point. He's just high. he's just dying. He's just dying. <laughs> Archie's just dying. His processor's shutting down. His CPU is. He's just crashing. Someone needs to press the reboot. He's been turned on for a long time. Yeah. Someone needs to. There's no way he's charging himself up in Canada. He, he can't even turn himself off and on. Yeah, he needs someone. <laughs> Vegas is not enough. Yeah, Vegas. Vegas doesn't know where the switch is. <laughs> So we have a short scene where we find out that Veronica got that egg back from Cheryl. Yeah. And she smashed it. Good to say, new deal. No deal. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Way to go, Veronica. Stop showing your hand all the time. Also, I like, I like how really that's more of a screw you to Hermione than Hiram. <laughs> Hiram only wanted it so Hermione wouldn't bug him about it. <laughs> so true. Well, she's like, now we make things difficult for you at home, Dad. Ah. Um, so... Meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah. 
Betty calls a meeting with the only reasonable adult she knows, and also Cheryl. Yeah. So, McCoy, Grandma Rose, Cheryl's there because it's her house. Yep. And Luke Perry Andrews, who's very sad. And she's like, hello, reasonable adults. I have a lot of very damaged teenagers living in my house. Maybe some it's of been, these teenagers... <laughs> it's been five weeks, apparently. Maybe some of these teenagers could live in your houses. And, and these parents are just like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, someone needs to take care of the children. Probably could have asked this like five weeks ago, but... <laughs> we all have room. Sure you could. I mean, especially Grandma Rose. She lives in a mansion <laughs> with Cheryl. And Grandma Rose and Tony. Yeah. And Grandma Rose says that she's spent her entire life fighting against this terrible place, and she's rescued many kids so she can rescue more. Which I believe, because the idea is that she was being, like, drugged effectively yes. by... Yeah, yeah, that's why she was in her catatonic state earlier. Yeah. But now she's back but in full... She's back in fighting. She's back in full cognizance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile... FP is pretty mad at Jughead for... Jughead's also pretty mad at FP. There's some tension in this scene that I don't, I don't know don't where understand. it's coming from. But I tell you where it accumulates. It accumulates with FP being like, <laughs> Jughead, I want back in. I'm tired of being on the sidelines for two months. That I put myself on. <laughs> I keep leaving and coming back. And no one's pulling me in any direction. They're all choices I make. No, Jughead, be a better king than me. Make sure that the serpents are players, not pawns. But I'm also here. So also, I'm a player. So, there, so the way that sequence, <laughs> what the what that means effectively is that, well, Archie's, or not Archie, Reggie is driving his moonshine truck back from Canada. But this time he sees the nails and he stops his truck. Yeah, and the goggles come up to rob him and smash all the beer. But it's not beer in that truck. Nah, it's a bunch of boys. So, and some girls. And some girls. So many serpents. And <laughs> they just kind of spook the gargoyles. I Well, one gets kicked in the face. That's true. But they all run away. And, except for one. And as I was looking at these gargoyles, I'm like, these gargoyles are also teens. Yep, definitely teens. <laughs> Why... Is Hiram? Why is everyone in this town just using teens to fight their battles? This is the this is the crystallization of that teen drama trope of teens dealing with things, where even adults are like, "No, the the teens have to deal with it." Well, the adult serpents are too busy, you know, paying bills and <laughs> well, I mean, getting part time jobs. The, Aaron, the last the last adult serpent we saw, who was part of this main serpent thing, was probably Tall Boy. I feel like there are adults hanging around when Jughead makes his decrees. I think it's all teens now. I think all the adults are like, I don't want to really do this anymore. Are the adults just still on the south side living in that trailer park that Hiram owns? Yeah, probably. And all the kids are living in their dumb caravan? I think the kids are essentially doing, their di- doing an entirely different thing now. <laughs> also, if you were... If I, or, you know what I think it is? I think there's a rule with the serpents. One adult. Because <laughs> even Gladys was just surrounded by, like, youths that she had adopted, effectively. Yeah, but she did that on purpose. I know. No, but no, you you assume. No, there there were. What if that's the rule, Aaron? Were there grown men? I thought that was a grown man who let Jughead and Archie into. No, that was the definitely, definitely an older teen. Huh. Well, I mean, really, these are all grown men. I mean, that's the thing. That's why I just assume that if they are not clear, if they are not Luke Perry or Skeet Ulrich, <laughs> they're a teen. They're a teen. That's true. So uh, they they drive the gargoyles off, but they have one. And they like. Send a message with him. 
but they don't take his mask off. I thought that would be good so you know the face of one of the people. Be like, now yeah. we know your face. Just, that's the problem. Teenagers being in charge of things. Although FP is there too. <laughs> yeah, but he just wants in. He just doesn't want to be on the sidelines anymore. Oh, the put player. Him, that he put himself on. Why did I do this, Jughead? <laughs> coach took me out of the game, and I'm the coach. <laughs> <laughs> now I want back in. Still the coach. But you're the captain, coach. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know sports. I know snakes. <laughs> it's been a long time since he made a snake analogy. I mean, I forgot that when they do the, um, like, we're going to stick together or unity. They do the two finger, like, thing. <laughs> the snake thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I guess this is not meanwhile. This is a different time. Betty comes home from serpenting. Um, and Alice is there. Well, no, I guess she she gets she gets home from telling McCoy, Grandma Rose, and Luke Perry. Or mm. was she there at the ambush? I thought she was also there at the ambush, but I could be wrong. No, I think she's off doing something else. Anyway, she gets home in her serpent jacket, and her mom's there. And the house is oddly dark and quiet. And Betty's like, where are the teens, mother? <laughs> I was like, oh, have fire dug them. Edgar, he, you only missed him by five minutes. <laughs> I was so, I, I was, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, Alice, you knew exactly what to do. At this point, she's just playing dumb. So, I'm starting to think that Edgar Evernether doesn't exist. It is it is really odd that they're... Keep, but I think it's because they want to do a big reveal. But that, but I feel the only reason you do that is if we knew who it was. Right? Yeah, right? At this point, the fact that we've not seen him for so long, unless if he's played by, like... Hal Cooper! Hal Cooper also is a twin. Oh, yeah. Because the Coopers are related to the Blossoms, uh, and twins is, run in the Blossoms. This is Cal Cooper. <laughs> Why would he have Cooper? Because that's his last name. I guess so, yeah, because going down that line. Yeah, yeah, he would be Cal Cooper. He would be Cal Cooper. Yeah. I used to think the Blossoms, uh, he would not, no, he would not be Cal Blossom. He'd no, be he'd Cal be Cal Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> if he's not Cal Cooper. If he's not something, and just they just have the thing where, like, they reveal him. It's like, oh, look, it's a dude. Maybe he's Chick, Sheik, Cameron, whatever that guy's name was. I think he probably just would be really creepy looking. Yeah. He probably has like a dead eye or something. But Grandma Rose has a dead eye. And that's okay. And she's cool. We love her. Yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, so, meanwhile, back in Canada. Meanwhile in Canada. Archie goes on his last quest. He draws a card, but we don't see what the card is. And but we he... guess what the card is because it's Archie. <laughs> Archie looks at Jughead and he says, is this it? Is it over? And Jughead says, it has to be. <laughs> so Archie walks out on his last quest into his bedroom where he is sleeping in his bed. Yeah. And he has a baseball bat. Right, because it's his fault. Everything. It's his fault. It's his fault. And Luke Perry. We do get a we do get imaginary Luke Perry, who's a, very succinct. And very good. He's all, basically as good as real Luke Perry. Still Archie. It's still Archie, keep in mind. But it's like the reasonable part of Archie. Part of Archie who's Which like, is Luke Perry. Archie. You don't have to be perfect. Sometimes people make mistakes. And Archie's like, no, I have to beat everything that's weak and bad out of myself. So I'll just be strong and good. Yeah. So, so he, because he believes that he. Is the cause of everything that's wrong. I feel like someone needs to have like a long sit down with his boy and just explain logic to him. Archie, sometimes we make mistakes and that's okay. Luke Perry says it. He's like, couldn't you forgive yourself? Archie will forgive anyone else, but he thinks that he only has value if he's perfect. Yeah. If he always does the right thing. And th- 
I really hope the show addresses this better because that's a super damaging message to tell kids. It does. It it does look like the idea is that he the the fact that they had that Luke Perry scene mm-hmm. is what makes me believe that they know what the path they're taking is the idea that that this is Archie falling very far. The thing that makes me so that makes it so weird to me is that it's completely disconnected from everything else that's going on. Well, they took Archie too far, and now they don't know what to do with him, and so yeah. they're just trying to like bang him back into shape so he can come back. I thought this would have been a good moment to do, do though, just to have imaginary Luke Perry be the thing that brings him back, and that's why he returns to Riverdale. But then I realized it's episode nine. Yeah, and that's not what happens. He does beat his ghost self with a bat until his ghost self disappears. Yeah, vanishes from the bed. So uh, this is our end montage, which is usually a Jughead voiceover. But in this episode, it's Veronica singing Cabaret. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, she sings maybe this time from yeah, Cabaret. Yeah. And and even though the song itself is already pretty slow, it's the slower version of it. It's like, is Josie really did quit? <laughs> I guess. Or for like, I was like, you know what? I'm feeling good. I think tonight I'll do it. So Reggie walks in from his run, and he sees Veronica singing, and he loves her. He's all star- starstruck. And I guess... We skip forward in time? Yeah, I guess also Veronica's into Reggie, which is so bizarre to me, because Reggie did nothing... I mean, l- earlier episodes makes it make sense. Yeah. This episode being the accumulation of it? Well, it would have been just too much to put in the last episode. So I get why it's now. I well I, I feel they should work things around that somehow Reggie had gotten Jughead on board or somehow Reggie had been more active. So the moment where she sees him and he walks in and like he's looking at her sing and she's looking at him, she's thinking about all the things that he did in that moment. Well, Reggie's the only person who's actually supported her and helped her in her restaurant. Well, except for now Speak Jughead easy. and well, he's not helping her with the speakeasy. Like, Reggie literally did all of the actual work. And Pop Tate. Reggie did all the work before Pop Tate. Reggie has been there for months. Pop Tate just started this episode. Well, I said, the, the relationship between them is very well constructed. It's weird for this to be the, the crescendo, effectively. Yes, sure. Yeah. I don't agree, but oh, well. I'm not going to change your mind, so there's no point in. Well, it's because you're wrong. Well, or you're wrong, because you're not going to change my mind either. Hmm, interesting. It felt good to me. Interesting that people could have two different opinions on this. What? No, clearly you're, either you're wrong or I'm wrong. Well, meanwhile... <laughs> we'll figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure this out. But meanwhile, an awesome thing happens. <laughs> Jughead's Jug- Jug- like, all right, thanks, look. Second chance... Don't tell anyone. You're going undercover. Actually, Jughead made a very good play here. He brought Sweet Pea in on it. Yep. Because now Fangs can't tell Sweet Pea. But now he just needs to make sure that Sweet Pea doesn't tell Tony. Well, Tony's kicked out of the serpents. (laughs) So now Sweet Pea won't talk to her. So this is super clever because he publicly kicked Fangs out of the serpents. Yeah. And now Fangs is going to go join the gargoyles. As an inside man. Ooh. And now I'm very much invested in this storyline. I love this. I'm not entirely sure what it means. But I like it. (laughs) But I like it. I want to see where it goes. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> Lawyer McCoy brings Betty to the jail. Uh, no, she has to call. Oh, yeah. Betty calls about the kids, and then McCoy's like, oh, it doesn't, doesn't matter because the nuns. No, Betty's there. Mm, I think She's th- there because she sees the wall. Oh, you're right. She is there. Yeah. I thought I saw there was a, 
I th- maybe if, maybe in my head I'm there have together. been a lot of phone calls this episode. <laughs> yeah. Now what's troubling about this is so the nuns were posted bail by an anonymous donor. Yeah. Obviously Hiram. And the nuns have been living in the holding cell for five weeks. Ye- I assume. Yes. That seems There's a lot illegal. of nuns. <laughs> a lot of nuns in a holding cell. Yeah. Yeah. That seems incorrect. Who's in charge? There's no sheriff. They make it very abundantly clear. There's no sheriff. And when the nuns got released on bail, they had time to graffiti the wall of the holding cell. <laughs> and they wrote, we are coming to thee. Which Betty, which Betty instantly understands that they are going to do a suicide. And this adds so much confusion. Like, don't get me wrong; it's a very dark scene because like twelve nuns kill themselves. But I'm, but I have so many questions. One: Can you pose bail for the key witness in a case? No, I'm pretty sure they got to stay in protective custody. Yeah, I think that's the entire point. Is that like they are? They're not just under like they're not just under arrest. They are key witnesses. Yeah, at this point, they should not be allowed to roam free because yeah. that's when witnesses disappear. Yeah. Yeah. As they did. But but uh, there's also no, like, sheriff in town. So I don't know. I don't know. Is McCoy in charge of all of this? Well, Who took this, the bail? Shouldn't this be, like, a federal? I mean, I, and I like, guess. Like, shouldn't this be at a level above town law? And I guess we have had it implied that, or not implied, so that Hiram. Has the governor in his the, pocket. Well, he was able to get the governor to do that one thing. I don't think that means he can do. The governor is in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But if the governor's that far in his pocket, then, then the nuns never should have been arrested. Yeah, then nothing should have mattered at that like before. I like this should also be like, oh, I guess it'd be the state versus the nuns. Yeah. Or the state versus Hiram. Well, because the, 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 it became very clear they did not care about anything the nuns did. And it, and so, this because at this point, the nuns were effectively scot-free. All they had to do was testify against Hiram. Yeah. And they were scot-free. But they, de- but they were apparently so devoted. Or Hiram threatened them real good and they decided they wanted to murder themselves instead. He would have to threaten them so good that they're like, you know what? Because he-, he could have threatened to kill them. No. But maybe they have families. Maybe those or fake may- nuns have families. Maybe the fake nuns died to keep their fake secret secret. Yeah, there's it. it is a very interesting thing to be like that and they've made it very clear clear a bunch of times apparently these nuns are super devoted to Mm. the gargoyle king which is Hiram. so i guess they just feel like they've let him down so so they have to die which makes me feel like it has to be something more than money but once again i've i don't know if this is just not a creepy thing they decided to do speaking of dying the show wants us to think that archie's dead He's not. It's episode nine. And he's lost, just lost a lot of blood. But he just needs someone to open up his chest and press his reboot button. Yeah. But there's a moment where, like, the two rangers run in and she has, like, her finger on his hand and then she looks up at the other ranger. I mean, he is laying there with his eyes open, non-responsive. Yeah. So she's clearly (laughs) frightened and I imagine his pulse is very weak. But uh, it's episode nine. He's not dead. Yeah. But, you know, good drawing energy. He's a pretty, like, you know, stark... Yeah. Last scene. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I was really just carrying over from the nuns. Poor Archie. Poor Archie. Poor Archie. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Now that we're back in Riverdale, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? 
Did I find a moment where logic drank the blue freeze-aid of drama and transformed, ascended to its higher plane, which is, in fact, drama? I did. And um, I think it was Veronica smashing that egg. <laughs> it was literally just a dramatic moment. Yeah, and it, and it really it was mostly... Screw you, Hermione. Yeah, but does Veronica realize that? No. Yeah, because Hermione will be like, well, I mean, Cheryl stole it. Veronica got it back, then smashed it. She I'm left sorry. me this note. Sorry, Hermione. And Hermione's like, I told you, Hiram, your obsession with attacking your daughter only leads to disaster. <laughs> now I don't have my Glabberjay egg. Come on. Remember when she was drinking sadly in her... um. In her office being like, it's, it's too late. late. I already made the call for this quarantine. Oh, yeah. And that just sort of passed remember like a when, ship in the night. Remember when Veronica was friends with the cadets and they were all hanging out in Pop Tates listening to the radio? Yeah. The cadets barely had a scene. Oh, maybe that was my CW moment when they were like, no touching. Which which doesn't seem like that's... That, it, that never came up again. And also, I, I think like there's been plenty of touching since that scene. So much touching. <laughs> All over the place of Veronica's work. Yeah. Yeah. Where does Veronica live? Does she still live in her... She definitely still lives in Le Bon Meat. Great. Yeah. Kevin, what's your CW moment? Um, mine has to be that... So, not only are Cher- did Cheryl and Tony start stealing in the middle of quarantine, which means Cheryl's whole, like... Remember when she did the torture thing with her with her mom? Uh, and yes. it was like, you're going to turn to Vice City. Apparently, Cheryl was super into that. Because she was like, like, oh, lawlessness? I'll start trying to start stealing things. But I'm not going to have a brothel. I'm going to have sexy cat burglaries. I presume there's also not a brothel. There might be a brothel, honestly. We haven't seen Penelope. Yeah. Well, Penelope got doused in maple syrup, so. Anyway, so there's that. There's the fact that then once the court news lifted, they just kept being thieves. And then after Jughead said no more crime. They just kept being thieves. And then- but <laughs> I'm going to say... That the uh, that the CW moment is the fact that while they were doing all these things, they had to wear sexy cat outfits. Of course, I mean this is Cheryl. Like she's wearing, she's wearing like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a lace cat mask, sexy cat mask, a sexy lace cat mask, and <laughs> short shorts, and like very sheer black tights. And I could not pay attention. Maybe gloves. I don't know anymore. I would hope gloves. But she's not good at crime, so. <laughs> I mean, apparently they are. At one point, they just come and just dump a bunch of cash onto the bed. Yeah. It's, it's Who's such... keeping that much cash in their house? It's such a crazy thing to me that this show decided that would be just kind of like a fun kind of thing they're doing. And now the fact that Cheryl and Tony are now outright... Criminals. Like, thieves. Like, yeah. cat burglars. Um, and, hey, <laughs> and listeners... Also... Sorry. Stealing is a serious crime. Well, she says, she says like, stealing from the rich and giving to us. No, no, she said stealing from the rich and giving to me. Yes, it doesn't matter. Her and Tony, whatever, her. Well, you were going to ask if it was, if us was them or if us was the greater serpent. No, no, I was going to ask who she's stealing from. Yeah, she's the rich. She is the rich. Lodges are the rich, but she only steals from them later. Reggie's rich. No, he's not. Yes, he is. We've gone through this. Oh, is he? Yes. Okay. Still, it just seems like there's not that much, either that or there's a lot of wealthy people in this town. Well, maybe she just means richer than Tony, which is everyone. <laughs> she's, ste- she's stealing from the upper middle class. Yeah. <laughs> and giving to 
her who is the upper class. She's giving to the richest. She's the opposite of Robin Hood. Stealing she's from the rich to give to the richest. Yeah, that's <laughs> at that point she's literally the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, Cheryl. Yeah. We're it, not on your side. No one's on your side. It's a weird it's a weird character like thing to give her. And to not really make a comment on, just be like, it's a thing she's doing. Now, listeners, if you are on Cheryl's side, please explain it to me. <laughs> like, actually. Yeah. It's okay if you're on her side, but I want you to explain why. I just Cheryl's horrified by the quarantine that it happened, and she was like, well, let's steal some stuff. Yeah. She adapted, let's say. Cheryl is nothing but adaptable. Yeah. She adapted to a quarantine that affected nothing. She's like a cockroach. Yeah. She can survive anything. Or well, hey, if you uh, if you like that, you should give us a rating, review, a subscription on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you find your podcasts. And you can also hit us up on the social meds. All podcast MOA, podcast MOA. Same deal with email, podcastmoa, podcastmoa at gmail.com, where you can explain to me your reasoning for feeling differently about things than I do. Uh, we also do have a new website now. It's uh, podcastmoa.podbean.com. So, I mean, that's just if you want to find yeah. it online, you can find it there. Someone once gave us a hilarious comment on our website. So, uh, if our new website has commenting capacity. I don't think it does. Well, just tweet us then. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Tell me what you want to see on our social media. What do you want to see pictures of? <laughs> Tell us what pictures you want to see. Well, because, like, I just take pictures of coffee and wine. But do people like that? No. Some people like that. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Social meds. Oh, and if you see anything weird, because we did transport to a new website. If you see anything weird, tell us. We'll try best to fix it. Yeah. What will Fangs find out once he goes undercover on the gargoyles? Will Betty be able to save the kids from the farm? How much did Hiram pay that bear to attack Archie? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>